Hello, it's the sound of the start of the League One playoff final. That's what's in the crosshairs on this brief NTT20 betting show, sponsored by Betfair. This podcast is for over-18s only. Uh, George and I will be talking about our betting picks ahead of the Sunderland versus Wickham game at Wembley this Saturday. Uh, Betting comes with significant risks. Please make sure if you're thinking of placing a bet this weekend or at any time, indeed, make sure you're gamble aware. Uh, Head to begambleaware.org to understand some of the risks that come with gambling. A bit of a shame that we can't do all of the playoff finals previewed on the betting show at once, but such are the vagaries of the schedule this year. Uh, I'm Ali Maxwell. He's George Ellick. You're right, George. You're right, mate. Yeah, I'm all right. How are you? Well, live show Good. tomorrow. Mmm. Mmm. Exciting, isn't it? <laughs> Something a bit new for us. Something a bit exciting. I think the the time for talking is over now. It's time for walking. Mmm. Yes. And I, and I think we'll walk well, is my guess. We're going to walk out on stage, which is exciting. Wow. Going to hug our good friend, David Prutton. It's just going to be it's going to be a great celebration of all things not the top 20 and the EFL. And I'm buzzing. 7pm Leicester Square Theatre, Thursday, the 19th of May. Join us, please. Tickets in the description. Come on then. Uh, last week on The Betting Show, we took on some playoff semi-final first legs with pretty poor results, particularly my own. I got both teams to score in Sheffield United and Forest up right at the death. Uh, it was the only one he said he didn't really like, funnily enough, but you should have said that about all the others because I lost six points in total. Um, all of my League Two first legs were called very badly indeed. Uh, you lost well, only one point overall. Uh, Luton and Huddersfield was too goalsy for both of us. Morgan Gibbs-White didn't score for either of us and then did score last night, of course, in the second leg. Annoying. Uh, Mansfield won the first leg for an 11-10 winner for you and Swindon and Vale went over 2.5 goals, another uh, winner for you at even money. A couple of them are sort of still in running. Uh, there's lots to think about, but specifically on the show today, just a League One playoff final preview, uh, betting-wise. A couple of picks from each of us on Sunderland against Wickham, playing for a place in the Championship. George, what's your best bet? What's your nap from this game? It's difficult to kind of corner into that that pigeonhole, but I'll do my best. I, I think my best bet is probably a six-to-one shot, which is Sunderland to win both halves. Now, this isn't going to be the best way of justifying this. Um, but I I basically, I wouldn't rush to back Sunderland um, for promotion at 8-13 with a Betfair Sportsbook. I probably wouldn't even rush to back them at 11-10 to to win the game. But the reason why I like the to win both halves bet is because if Sunderland do race into an early lead, I can see the game falling apart in a way that would really suit them. We saw how, I think we can be pretty confident that they're going to set up with a, a very similar side to the one that played um, Sheffield Wednesday in the second leg um, where I don't think we're going to see him pull out one of the attackers. You know, I was very surprised to see Roberts, Clark, Pritchard and Stewart all starting. Um, whether or not Broadhead, Broadhead comes into the team is is quite clearly a possibility given you'd expect him to be back to somewhere near full fitness now. Um, but him returning to the team for any of those players wouldn't by definition make it less attacking. Um, I think we're going to see them come out with the same attacking force and their only struggles. And the reason why I probably wouldn't rush about them at 11 to 10 is that they may struggle to break down Wickham's low block uh, because a lot of those players we just mentioned, particularly Roberts and, um, and Clark are best, I would say with space to run into with the opportunity to beat a player and beat that player into space rather than into another dead end or brick wall. 
So th- the reason why I like the six to one to win in both halves is just because if, you know, given the fact it's a playoff final, um, you know, it's naturally quite a big price for a team who are 11 to 10 to, to win the game because the goal line is fairly low and because it's expected to be cagey like a lot of, um, you know, like a lot of uh, games are in, in playoff finals. But I do think if Sunderland do go ahead in that first half, then Wickham have to come out just a little bit. You know, we, we didn't see that happen in the playoff final a couple of years ago, where it was Wickham that went ahead, Oxford who equalised, then Wickham going 2-1 up. They were able to play their own game plan throughout that game and were never really forced to, to come out of their shell or try anything different. The same can completely be said about the MK Dons two legs, where they were the team who went ahead. They were then able to sit on that lead and they did so for 90 minutes in, in the second leg with, with Stockdale playing an important part of keeping them ahead in the tie. But that has to go out the window. And, and, and you know, before Wickham fans listening to this would rightly call me out on, on referring to them as just a negative team, there have been periods of this season where Wickham have scored a lot of goals. And they certainly have the attacking firepower and talent in, you know, Vokes and, and McCleary and others um, to cause something, some serious issues. But with the likes of Jack Clark and Patrick Roberts and Broadhead, to be fair, and, and Pritchard as well, all very, very capable on the counter. I do think that if Sunderland go in at half time, there's a fair chance that they'll be able to pick off Wickham in the second half. So it, it's not a strong bet. It's probably the, the best value bet I think I've, I've picked out in the game. Um, and uh, yeah, should give us a bit of a, you know, a, a bit of a spin at six to one um, to land a few quid. Right. So you said you wouldn't be rushing to bet Sunderland to win in 90 minutes at 11 to 10. That is my pick here. Uh, my nap, if you will. Uh, that's with the Betfair Sportsbook 2.1, the decimal. There are some clubs that just live like rent-free in your head. Uh, I have to admit, there aren't many, and I try to avoid it, but there are clubs that, particularly when doing betting picks each week, when you're putting your opinions and your selections out there, uh, there are some where you just feel a bit uneasy going against them because they've proven you wrong before uh, and because maybe you got laughed at when they did that or it was made a point of. Uh, so there's a kind of outcome bias that you get w- where your brain says, wow, there was that time where you got that very wrong and and maybe that will happen again and then everyone will laugh at me again and go, ha ha, you fell for it again. <laughs> Why do you keep falling for it again? Now, Wickham are one of those teams for me. I don't know about you. <laughs> Cambridge, probably another one. Looking forward to meeting Mark Bonner tomorrow night. Um, you can't be right about everything, can you? But sometimes some of them just feel worse. Um, and, and Wickham do live rent-free in my head in this specific instance. And I think if you want to take a stance on the game, if you're listening to this and, and you're looking to take a stance on this game, if your stance is to go full rock and roll with Ainsworth, the outsiders, the underdogs, I completely get that. I would not argue against it. I think especially given... From, from a punting perspective, that if you if you want to take a stance on Wickham, of course you're going to get juicier prices on just about everything here. I wouldn't even try and argue with that. I think it's uh, it's one of those games where I can see both sides. You know, you, you get people saying they are the masters of this. Ainsworth is the master of this sort of event, of this sort of game. The problem is... You're basically subtweeting, you're subtweeting me on my own pod there. The problem it's, is, it's George... almost verbatim what I said, yeah. When I weigh everything up, I happen to think that Alex Neal is the master as well. Um, He won the promotion through the playoffs with Hamilton in Scotland. He won promotion through the playoffs with Norwich in the championship. Uh, In 17 games, I think it is, under him now, Sunderland, they've lost just one. Uh, It was against MK. It was his second game in charge, having drawn the first at at Wimbledon. Uh, 
They won eight of their last 12 in the regular season. They topped the XG ratio tables in that time. Very specifically, defensively, they tightened up to an extreme level. And then they managed a very tricky tie against a, a hotly fancied Sheffield Wednesday team that specifically we felt were pretty good at creating and taking chances. Well, across two legs, Sunderland managed that game, uh, particularly out of possession to the extent that Wednesday really had very little clear cut. Even Gregory's goal, I suppose that was that was the best chance they had over 180 minutes. It was a great finish. Uh, that was the only time really that you felt Sheffield Wednesday have properly cut them open there. Um, and as I said on Monday, going forward in terms of a game plan, I think they should. And hopefully for the sake of this pick and hopefully for the sake of your pick as well there, hopefully Sunderland go for the throat. Uh, start fast. The Norwich blueprint. They were 2 up against Middlesbrough uh, after 15 minutes of that playoff final under Neil. Uh, start fast, try and get Wickham on the ropes, play with high intensity, with, with the quality that they have on the ball with some of those technical players that you've mentioned, with a press, starting with Stewart, who we know can cause mistakes from defenders. We saw that from Hutchinson in the first leg of the semi-final. A threat from out wide with the wing-backs, Gooch and Clark, really good 1v1, and also through the middle as well, uh, people like Roberts and Pritchard. They've got a number of different players that I can see scoring a goal, and that's always a threat as well. Uh, and as mentioned on Monday versus what MK Dons did against Wickham. I think Sunderland are physically stronger in midfield and have stronger defenders than MK Dons when it comes to handling Vokes, particularly Danny Bart. I think he's going to have a big job on his hands, but I think he's better suited to it than the MK centre-backs were. Those were the, the main issues for MK in that first leg against Wickham. Uh, of course, in the second leg, MK did dominate. So it's two points on Sunderland to win in 90 minutes uh, at 2.1. My nap, my best bet, ultimately... It's the year of the stance for me. It has been, and it served me pretty well. And I'm going to see through my pro-Alex Neal stance, which started as soon as Lee Johnson got sacked. I'm going to back Sunderland to win. Uh, I don't think it's incredible value at the price. I don't think it's massively wrong price or anything like that, which is sometimes what we look for. Uh, but it's what I want to bet on, and that's my approach to this podcast. So there we go. Sunderland, my pick. In 90 minutes, 2.1, 11 to 10 with the Betfair Sportsbook first up. And don't forget with Betfair, there's no cash-out suspensions or match odds for all EFL games. That's applicable to singles and multiples as well. No cash-out suspensions during the match if you bet on match odds. Uh, anything else, George, in this game? Yeah, a few, few little bits. Um, I'm going to back penalty to be awarded in the game at 15 to 8. Lovely. Um, with the Betfair Sportsbook. VAR. 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 you say it. <laughs> I hate it. Um, and I think we've seen, yeah, I don't like it either, to be honest. It's a bit of a shame that that's not, you know, if if we start, I think the one thing it's worth pointing out is that the idea that this is the beginning of VAR in the AFL is probably wrong. Um, there just isn't the manpower for there to be VAR being <laughs> being used. Not only is there not the manpower, there isn't the technology and the stadiums aren't up to it. So it, it's not going to suddenly be announced. If it's suddenly not being announced in June, that the EFL is going to have VAR throughout all 92 clubs or all 72 clubs for the season. Um, I will be amazed and quite terrified as to what that means for football going forward because it just wouldn't work. Um, yeah, Stockley Park would be, I mean, the queue for the for food at Quest would be an absolute disaster. <laughs> there is neither the money nor the volume of trained human beings available, thankfully. Correct. Um, but here, I mean, it is a bit of a shame. The one thing I would say is I've been... I, for someone who claims to, to kind of be on the referee side mostly, I've been pretty disappointed with the standard of officiating throughout the playoffs this season. Um, I think there's been more than ever a a real unwillingness from referees to make key decisions. Um, we've seen so many 
well, I mean, in, in the in the Luton Huddersfield game, we saw three absolute penalties not given. Just just well, two two clear penalties not given, both on Toffolo, and one with the Jerome that I know you think wasn't a penalty, but I you know I think I just enjoy the phrase been. absolute penalties. Absolute penalties, it's a good yeah. phrase. Um, so that is kind of my first frustration. Um, when you also think in this game as well, crucially. And, and just to point out another issue of mine with the referees, Michael Oliver giving nothing when Jack uh, when Jack Robinson kind of did a, a salmon leap uh, in the closing seconds last night was when he was already on a yellow card was also ridiculous. Just, you know, you'd think you'd, you'd get more from a guy who's seems to be one of the best referees in 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 the world. But anyway, we move on. I, I do think referees have a hard time of it generally, but just I, I think in playoffs, the willingness not to make a decision lets everybody down. Um, that won't be the case here, rightly or wrongly. Uh, frustratingly, I think I think it's probably quite a bit positive for Sunderland. Um, not only because Wickham maybe can't get up to their usual tricks in big games, uh, they won't be able to get away with it, but also because of the players that they have. Uh, I think Jack Clark is going to play a massive part in this final. I think if he starts off the left, as he did against Sheffield Wednesday, his ball-carrying ability is, is basically too good. Um, and him carrying the ball into the box... Uh, Patrick Roberts carrying the ball into the box. I think Alex Neal's strategy, when he looks at um, the team he's up against in Wickham, rather than trying to kind of play through them or play over them, I think he will want his players to, or rather pass through them. I think he'll want his players to run through them. I think their best chance of upsetting Wickham is to get those players on the ball running at pace into the box. And if they do that, there's a fair chance that um, we'll see flashpoints in the area. And as we know, with VAR, Normally, if there is any sniff of there being a penalty, it's it's normally given. Um, Wickham, similarly, will try to use any method they can to get ahead in the game. That includes trying things at set pieces. I would I wouldn't suggest it's past them to to look to you know manifest a set piece into a penalty situation. Um, I just think this is going to be such a flashpoint of a game played at such a you know with so much at stake with the added VAR involved as well, and from what we've seen in other playoff games, there have also been kind of fairly cagey. I think 15 to 8 about there being... I basically assume it's going to be 15 to 8 for all three playoff finals to have a penalty as singles. Um, it's a shame. Uh, you might be able to get get the Trixie on and get the treble on uh, on Saturday morning when, when, we, when we know who's in the uh, the League 2 one, because um, I reckon there'll be at least... you know, If you have, the, if you have a, a patent, so three singles and a Trixie, um, I think there'll be at least one and, and you could cop in in two or even three. I think it's probably value. Okay. Uh, yeah, i got two at longer prices here. Uh, if people don't fancy some of the more standard stuff, uh, I've got what I'm calling the recent history bet builder, uh, massively <laughs> overplaying uh, a quite a small sample size of probably something quite random. Um, uh, the bet builder is comes in at just under 10 to 1, 10.91 uh, if you build it on the Betfair Sportsbook. It is the aforementioned Sunderland win, uh, a 2-1 correct score. That has to be in 90 minutes, not including extra time. Uh, and a goal in both halves, which kind of takes in uh, my hopeful Sunderland fast start uh, and then 2-1 correct score. Uh, plenty to happen in the second half as well. The last three League One playoff finals have finished 2-1 in 90 minutes, hence the recent history bet builder. Last three playoff finals in League One, 2-1 in 90 minutes. The one before that was 1-1 after 90 minutes, and Rotherham won it 2-1 in extra time. I spoke a bit 
on the Monday pod about how the playoffs, when they get underway, after all the talking and all the uh, working out of who's going to beat who and why and what's important and how you can use that to be predictive, when they get started, you remember that in almost every occasion, there's very little between the two teams. The pressure itself tightens the margins even more. Uh, and generally, these games are pretty damn close. Uh, I happen to think that there are avenues uh, for both sides to hurt each other, more so for Sunderland than Wickham. Um, but what I'll come on to next is is how I think Wickham could hurt Sunderland and any team in the world, basically. Um, so I think a 2-1, uh, I could see that happening. Uh, so 2-1, goal in both halves, Sunderland win. Uh, that bet builder with the Betfair Sportsbook is just under 10 to 1 at 10.91. Um, and if you bet £10 on, on Akers or bet builders with the Betfair Sportsbook, you get a £2 free bet. Also, for use on Akers or bet builders, make sure you check the T's and C's on site. But bet £10 on Akers or bet builders, receive a £2 free bet for use on the same things. Uh, one last one each. Yeah, I've got a goal scorer one, and it's a player I just mentioned in Jack Clark. He is—he uh, has only scored one goal in his loan spell at Sunderland, but that isn't for lack of getting into the the opportunity, well, in the right places to do so. Uh, he's eight to one um, first and last, and and uh, four to one any time. I'd probably just stick to the first in any time because if he does start, I think there's a fair chance he comes off. Um, but as I said, I I was very very impressed with him in, in the in the Sheffield Wednesday game and playing off the left. He is an aggressively right-footed player. Um, I would say that there aren't many players who are as one-footed as I am, but I think Jack Clark might be one of them. Um, you know, as I mentioned at the time in the Monday pod after the game, it was almost the element of surprise that after spending 90 minutes cutting back onto his right foot and basically running across the area as if he was playing pro-evolution soccer 2011, uh, the one time he actually went shifted out onto his left foot and put a ball in, they scored. Um you know he's a player that playing off that left hand side is a direct goal threat because he's because he's so willing to come into um come inside onto his right foot and shoot and given the maybe cumbersome i mean i'm i'm a massive massive um anthony stewart fan i just want to say that his performances in big games just astound me but there is you know if i was a wickham fan as much as i would love him there has to be an element of of concern when you've got someone like kind of Clark and uh, and Roberts running at him where he is his timing of the tackle is so perfect but it's also a very high risk way of defending on the ground I would say um and uh yeah I mean I, I'd back Clark to have the technical ability to get himself into a couple of goal scoring positions over the course of the game so four to one um say 0.75 of a point on on four to one and 0.25 on, on eight to one would be the way I play the goal scoring markets on on Jack Clark I mean, it's a shame we, we have nothing pro Wickham, which I'm sorry about because, you know, I do think... Stop right there. Oh. I am not finished. Okay. Fine. Right, go. I'm your biggest fan and I think you might head home a set piece. Taffer, Taffer Zoli. Nice. There's an extent to which this is just, a, I guess, a bit of a hedge on the other two in case my thoughts on how Sunderland might do it uh, don't come to fruition. There's every chance. Uh, if Wickham are going to do it, uh, I think a pretty uh, clear way of them doing so is to score a goal from a set-piece situation. Um, Very particularly, I'm seeing an in-swinging corner from Joe Jacobson's left foot. Central to the goal, five yards out, Tafazoli rises above the rookie keeper, Patterson, who's probably been blocked off, and flicks home. Now, I have not even dreamt that because it happened in the first leg against MK Dons. That exact goal, also the exact goal they scored against Oxford United in the playoff final two years ago. Uh, look at the video. Yeah. It's exactly that. 
Um, I'm going to go a full point on Taffer's only 25 to 1 first goal scorer. Um, my thinking here is if Wickham get everything spot on, if Ainsworth is indeed the master and Alex Neal is not, <laughs> then could I see a hugely frustrated Sunderland taking shot after shot being blocked and Wickham just every now and again doing what they need to do, winning set plays, running the channels, winning set plays. I think you can do it. I think you can engineer it. You're not so sure. We'll see. Uh, Tafazoli is clearly the more likely of the centre-backs to score. I really wanted to find a reason to back Stewart because he's a juicier price, but Tafazoli takes more shots. He hits a better percentage of them on target, um, just much more of a threat. And um, therefore, he's my pick. 25 to 1, first goal scorer. Uh, not doing any time, not doing last, just all on the first goal scorer. Uh, as I said on Monday, the longer this game is nil-nil, the better for Wickham. So the longer it is nil-nil, the less confident I'll feel about my main pick, which is Sunderland to win in 90 minutes uh, and my uh, recent history bet builder. But the more confident I'll feel about a Taffazoli goal at 25-1. to 1. So there you go. Uh, George, what you what you picking? What are your selections, please? Sunderland's win both halves at 6-1. to 15-8 um, for a penalty to be awarded in the game. And Jack Clark, first goal scorer, eight to one. Anytime goal scorer, four to one. Beauty. And I've got Sunderland to win in ninety minutes at two point one eleven to ten. Uh, I've got a recent history bet builder that is a Sunderland win, two one correct score, and a goal in both halves. That's just under ten to one at ten point nine one with the Betfair Sportsbook. And the goal scorer Ryan Taffazoli to head home at twenty five to one. Could score with his foot as well. That's allowed. Unlikely. Mm. Uh, 25 to 1 first goal scorer. And that is it for the League One playoff final betting preview sponsored by Betfair, who we thank for their incredible support for this podcast all season. Next week, we'll take a look at the Championship and League Two final previews. But from the moment I end this recording and upload this podcast, all eyes on the Leicester Square Theatre tomorrow in 29 hours' time. We'll be cruising out on stage to join David Prutton. Not long after that, Jed Wallace will join us and Mark Bonner as well. It's going to be a wonderful night of EFL fun. And if you're free and if you listen in time, get yourself there if you can to the Leicester Square Theatre. And we will talk you through it on Monday. Looking forward to it. Go well, everyone. Thanks for listening.